The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it. Believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to a very special episode, a bonus episode of Fallacious Trumpets. This is the first bonus episode we've ever done and patrons are not getting charged for this. It's completely free and just a, a little bit extra. And let me tell you the reason why this is happening. Uh, first of all, it's just me. It's just Jim today. Uh, Mark isn't here. And, and this is I'm doing this because I'm responding directly to a conversation that I've had with someone on Twitter. I'm fairly active on Twitter. Um, if you don't already follow us, you can go to twitter.com slash fallacious Trump and follow us there. And I try to engage with people. I, I talk about some of the stuff that Trump says and some of the arguments he makes. And I, I respond directly to Trump supporters often who are making fallacious arguments or, or claiming things which aren't true. And sometimes I get some pushback for that. A lot of the times people aren't very civil about it and they just kind of repeat the same talking points. And sometimes they are. Sometimes they're quite nice about it and actually want to engage. And recently I spoke to a guy on Twitter who goes by Bobby the Great. His Twitter handle is, I think, at underscore Bobby the Great. And he responded to something I had said about Trump and we talked a little bit and he asked me, he was very civil, and he asked me for some examples of things that I thought were fallacies that Trump said. And so I gave him a few examples. Uh, I could have pointed him directly to the podcast and said, go and listen to the podcast or, or pointed him to my book, which would have given him uh, maybe 50 examples of things that Trump had said. It's called Fallacious Trump, by the way, available on Amazon. But I wanted to engage with him in the in the format that we were in, in on Twitter. And so I gave him a, just a few examples off the top of my head, one of which was the straw man argument that has been coming up more and more recently, where Trump claims that Democrats' views on abortion have got so radical and so extreme that they now advocate the ability to execute babies after birth. Now, this is a, a, a ridiculous, insane uh, view of what Democrats' views are. It's not true, but he keeps on saying it. And some people on the right keep saying this. He didn't respond directly with, oh, yeah, that's what Democrats think. He, he did say, actually, you know, there's people on both sides who agree with abortion on late, in late term abortion. And, and this, he thought, was something that he'd heard from a New York bill, but he, he recognized that he didn't know a great deal about it and he'd have to go and look at it, which is great that, that people don't just kind of knee jerk respond, but actually want to, to know more about it. He did come back to say, actually, yes, this, this is a New York bill. It did pass. And he sent me a, a link to a, newspaper from Quincy, Illinois called the Herald Whig, which talked a bit about this. He said, uh, it was on a bill in New York, it passed, maybe you should drop the word Trump out of your podcast title. So part of the conversation we were having was that he, he feels, uh, if my interpretation is correct, that other politicians 
make these same kinds of arguments and we shouldn't pick on Trump. It's, it's not right. My argument on that is that, first of all, we don't hide our politics. We're definitely left-leaning, but we don't bash Trump for the sake of it. We try to educate people about logical fallacies, bad arguments, faulty reasoning. And one way to do that in an entertaining way is to use examples from Trump, because he does provide us, I think, honestly, with more examples than any other individual politician. And it's something which is relevant to everyone's lives at the moment. So it makes the, the topic interesting and, and informative. So point is, <laughs> the whole purpose of this quick episode is is to respond directly to, to Bobby about this, because I could do it on Twitter, but actually explaining why an argument is wrong often takes a lot longer than just saying the, the thing that is wrong. So by doing it in this way, I can give a little bit more context, a little bit more detail, and, and hopefully not just do a, a little stream of five or six tweets that don't really give the full uh, full answer. So I'm going to send this link to Bobby. I hope he listens to it. And in the meantime, I hope that the listeners for the regular show can hear my thought process and, and find it interesting. So the link that Bobby the Great sent me was a newspaper in Quincy, Illinois called the Herald Whig. And I don't know much about this newspaper. I couldn't find out a great deal about it, but it isn't an article. It is, in fact, a letter from a reader to the newspaper, which they printed, which is fine. And we talked in our very first episode about genetic fallacy, about the importance of sources. So I would never say that just because this is a letter to the newspaper, that means it's wrong. That would be fallacious. However, it is important, as we acknowledged in that first episode, to consider how important or how likely those sources are to be well researched or correct or to have some weight behind them. And so we don't know anything about the person who wrote this letter. So we can't really decide based on that whether his arguments are likely to be right or not. I'm not going to read the whole letter, but the first part of it does lay out his response to a particular law that's just been passed in New York, which uh, addresses the exact thing that we were talking about. Trump's claim that Democrats now advocate the ability to execute babies after birth. So the first paragraph of this letter says, The state of New York recently passed a horrific new abortion law, removing almost all previous restrictions. The law now allows abortions to be performed up to the point of natural birth by, by physicians and also by some non-physician healthcare practitioners. It also removes protections for babies who accidentally survive an abortion procedure. Those living, breathing babies can now legally be killed by one means or another after being born. So that's the, that's that particular reader's interpretation of information that he has heard, presumably, about this law from New York. And it is presumably media coverage that he's read about it. I don't know. And it, that is the kind of media coverage, at least, that, that makes those points that seems to be leading to people on the right making this claim and, and Trump making this claim that Democrats now think it is OK for babies to be executed after birth. That isn't the case. It simply isn't the case. And in arguing against this, I could make reference to news sources from the left, which obviously would be more likely to promulgate the, the kind of pro-choice arguments and, and look at it in that sense. But that's not particularly helpful either. So one thing you can do is try and look for the, the most unbiased sources and 
A place that you can go to find out how biased sources seem to be on either side is a place called MediaBiasFactCheck.com. And you can look at, you can put in any media source. Um, the bigger ones are more likely to be on there. The, the, the Herald wig from Quincy, Illinois isn't in fact on there, but it will tell you how questionable that source is, how extreme on either side of the spectrum it is. And so I looked at three sources for fact checking specifically, which are all seen by media bias fact check as least bias. They're very center central in their views and they, they try to be um, balanced in calling out things on, on the right hand side or the left hand side of the, of the political spectrum. Those are politifact.com, factcheck.org and snopes.com. Now, each of those sometimes get called liberal by people on the right-hand side of the spectrum. So I would suggest if you are of that view, go to mediabiasfactcheck.com, put in some of the, the sites that you consider to be one side or the other and see what they have to say about them. Because mediabiasfactcheck.com seems really to to call out major sources on on either side of the spectrum and say this is they are they are they can be questionable they can be um likely to use loaded language or they they do give reasons for for saying how they they feel about these particular sources and if you read the articles about this particular new york bill which is s240 in the new york senate the reproductive health act they do address some of these points they talk about the changes that uh, have been made to to late term abortions and things like that, and they address the idea of whether the bill actually allows the execution, as Trump puts it, of babies after they've been born. So you can look at those, and those are very useful, and they do give a bit more information. They give some context. They give quotes from people on both sides of the argument. They fact check those quotes as well. More important to do than that is to to go as far as you can to the original source. It's useful to have that context of unbiased reporting to see where something falls into place. And and from that, you can learn, for example, that, that the fundamental thing that this bill does, S240, is bring New York's state abortion laws into line with Roe v. Wade, because there's some feeling among particularly pro-choice circles, that the increasing conservatism of the Supreme Court makes it possible, at least, possibly likely, that uh, Roe v. Wade is, is going to be either overturned or dramatically reduced in effectiveness by the Supreme Court if that gets challenged. And there are states where that won't make any difference because their state laws already cover uh, a lot of the same protections for, for abortion that Roe v. Wade allows federally. But there are some states where if Roe v. Wade was repealed, they would the abortion in that state would immediately become illegal. New York isn't one of those states. It's reasonably robust since 1970. They've had they've had abortion laws there, which which allow for uh, abortions up to 24 weeks uh, and past that, where it is likely to result in in death for the mother if they continue. But what it doesn't do is some of the things that are allowed in Roe v. Wade, including considering the mother's health after 24 weeks. So. Essentially, the main things that this bill does are to bring New York state law in line with, with federal law. And another thing that it does is it decriminalizes abortions from, from abortion providers. It, it, it stops it being a felony to provide an abortion 
just slightly outside those limits and turns it into a public health law issue. So it doesn't make it legal. It just stops it being a part of the criminal code. Now, if you look at the text of the uh, the state law, and I should say, I'm going to put this up on the website. I will make uh, uh, I'll do some quick show notes that, that are just going to be very basic, but they will be links to these uh, these sites, the original letter, the the fact checking sites, and indeed this the text of the bill itself. So, if you go to fallaciouscrump.com/ft. 22a because this isn't a regular episode it's just in between episodes um I'll, I'll put in those links and you can you can see this directly for yourself but if you go to the actual text of the bill itself you can see it that it lays out the things that they've added and the things that they've taken away and there's this kind of red text with lines through it saying basically removing abortion from the homicide part of the criminal code and uh, and adding the um, the the idea that New York has uh, that every individual has the fundamental right to choose or refuse contraception or sterilization and, and the fundamental right to choose to carry a pregnancy to term or to have an abortion pursuant to this article and so on. And one thing in there, which is the part which seems to be most relevant to this argument that Trump has that you can execute babies after birth, according to the Democrats, is line 53 on page two, which says section 4164 of the public health law is repealed. So by the passing of this act, that is a part of the public health law that is that is taken away. Now, if you go and look up section 4164, again, I'll link to that in the show notes. It is talking about how abortions after the 12th week of pregnancy can only be performed in a hospital in an inpatient, inpatient basis. So that means that basically, according to that law, you can't have an abortion in a clinic after 12, 12 weeks. It has to be in a hospital. So it removes that requirement. It says that when an abortion is to be performed after the 20th week, a physician other than the physician performing the abortion shall be in attendance to take control of and to provide immediate medical care for any live birth that is the result of an abortion. So basically that's saying that you have to have a second doctor there ready to look after the, the fetus should it survive. So does this mean that in that very unlikely case where a fetus survives the abortion, that they can be killed? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not requiring an extra doctor to be there doesn't, doesn't mean that you can kill the baby. Paragraph two of public health law section 4164 says such child i.e. one that is born alive shall be accorded immediate legal protection under the laws of the state of new york now that is the part which people on the right point to and say see you're saying that there is no legal protection for those babies that are born alive and if that was the only thing that was part of the law then you would have you would have an argument but it but if you go back to S240, the actual bill that has been passed, the Reproductive Health Act, in the homicide section, page three, line 19, it defines a person in relation to homicide and related offences as a human being who has been born and is alive. So the point is, although that section 4164 of the public health law has been repealed, and that section provided 
legal protection under the state of, laws of the state of New York to, to children who are born alive. It's not the only thing that provided those children with protection. Repealing that hasn't taken away protection. It simply means that those, child, those children are protected from being killed by a different law. Those children are protected under the homicide laws of the US because they are human beings who have been born and are alive. They're not unprotected. They're simply unprotected by that particular section of the public health law. They are no longer protected by that as well. It doesn't mean they can then be executed. It doesn't mean Democrats want them to be able to be executed. They have removed that section because it had other restrictions in it that they didn't want, and it's not necessary. The restrictions it removed are stopping people from having having abortions in clinics as opposed to hospitals after 12 weeks, and stopping needing to have a second doctor there after 20 weeks. The protection for children who are in the unlikely event of being born alive is not necessary to have in there, because it's already covered by other parts of the law. So it's really important to look at the original source as much as you can. And this does take time, and that's why I've decided to do this in this format, rather than just to explain it in a couple of tweets. It does take time to understand this. It does take time to research it and look at it. And yeah, people can't be expected to constantly check everything that is said. But the president should know this. And it's very likely the president does know this. It is, it is very, very likely the president knows that the change in the law in New York does not allow babies to be executed after birth. If he doesn't know it, he should do. But the reality is likely he is saying it despite knowing it's not true. He's saying it knowing that it is an argument which is easy to win. It's an argument, that's what a straw man is. It's changing the actual argument into one that's easier to win. And the actual argument is that New York was was celebrating because they have changed the law to make sure that the rights of New York citizens are protected, just as they currently are by federal law. Should the federal law be taken away, their rights will not go away with it. What they haven't done is what Trump is claiming. And no one is advocating for that. There are no Democrats who are saying we should be allowed to execute babies after birth. Nobody's saying that. That's ridiculous. But by saying it, by saying this is what Democrats think, and by pointing to things that if you don't look very hard, they seem to support that, they're making a fallacious argument. They're making a straw man argument, which is easy for people to say, well, that's terrible. That shouldn't be allowed. And to demonize Democrats for doing that. And that's what the letter writer who wrote to the Herald Whig did. They believe, if, the, if their letter is to be taken at face value, that the state of New York has passed a law saying you can kill babies who survive an abortion. And it says, can the degradation of this country get any worse under Democrats? Of course it can, and it probably will, if good people continue to stand by and do nothing to end this modern-day Holocaust. That is the letter writer's view of the Democrat Party, and, and the reason for that is because of arguments like this. Because of arguments that say, Democrats think you should be allowed to kill babies. So, I'm going to end there. I hope that 
Our regular listeners have found that useful. I hope that I've explained that in a way that helps to clarify why why that view is is not true and why what the president is saying is a logical fallacy. And uh, and I hope that's been useful and interesting to you. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming next week. So uh, by all means, join us again if this is the first time you've listened to us. And, and if you're a regular listener, then we'll see you next time. I think the next fallacy we're going to do is poisoning the well. So that should be interesting. See you next time. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.